We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, the quarterback market is finally seeing some movement as free agency quickly approaches. We saw Derek Carr sign with the New Orleans Saints, and then Geno Smith agreed to an extension with the Seattle Seahawks, which honestly is just yet another chapter of a pretty incredible comeback story for Geno. But, Sarah, does any of these things uh, affect business with Lamar and the Ravens? I mean, maybe a little, but really not too much. Uh, First off, one or two QB dominoes fall, so it's likely that others will follow, and it sounds like Daniel Jones and the New York Giants are closing on a deal, so they could be next. Meanwhile, this does take two teams off the market who could have been looking for a quarterback, and the Saints in particular was a team that was named to be potentially interested in Lamar, so Now, these two teams, they're crossed off the list, but there are still several other suitors that could show interest, including the Atlanta Falcons, even though Ian shot that idea down in the previous topic. But yeah, uh, there seems to be plenty of suitors left, but this is the beginning where a couple of teams are no longer in the market for a quarterback. So what about the money involved? Like, does that affect Lamar and the Ravens at all? I mean, neither quarterback got anywhere near the money that Lamar is reportedly sinking. Both of these guys are going to be in that $35 million a year range, which is about $15 million per year, less than what the Ravens reportedly offered to Lamar and was turned down. Now, at the time of this recording, we don't have the guaranteed figures on Geno Smith, but we do on Derek Carr. So Carr is getting just 60, just, this is in the quarterback world, of course, but he's getting 60 million fully guaranteed at signing. Bobby, that's not even half of what was fully guaranteed to Lamar reportedly. Now here's NFL Network's Ian Rappaport breaking down Carr's contract details. It is a four-year, $150 million deal, which is a massive number, but also the way that Carr made it work with the Saints cap situation, stretching it out a little longer deal than maybe he needed. Here's the most important numbers to me. Two years, $60 million fully guaranteed. He gets that no matter what. There's an additional $10 million in year three that vests early. So look at it this way. Two years, $60 million, $30 million per year, and then he gets $10 million a little bit later. Yeah, so obviously those numbers don't even come close to touching what's in play for Lamar, but I also don't think anyone would expect Derek to get anywhere near the money that Lamar is commanding, right? So that's not really a surprise. 
Yeah, not a surprise at all. I mean, Lamar is certainly the superior quarterback and is also much younger. So Carr and Gino both got deals that I think are in line with mid-tier quarterbacks. And that's why I don't really think their deals affect Baltimore's negotiations at all. It more just changes the market as teams get their own quarterbacks and wouldn't get into the bidding for Lamar. All right, Bobby, in the first of what will be one of many surprise moves made around the NFL and free agency, the Kansas City Chiefs, they will not be franchise tagging former Ravens offensive tackle Orlando Brown Jr. for a second consecutive season, even though the reports and the thought all along is that they would. Yeah, and just as a refresher here, Baltimore traded baby Zeus to Kansas City in 2021 in exchange for a first-round pick that turned into Adafi Owe, along with three other draft selections in the third, fourth, and fifth rounds, respectively. And I believe one of those was actually in the 2022 draft. The other were all in 2021. But we all remember why Brown wanted out, right? He was determined to fulfill his late father's dream of one day being a full-time starting left tackle in the NFL. And hey, prior to Ronnie Stanley's injury, the Ravens were more than covered at the position. So EDC went and made a move. Yeah, Bobby, Orlando bet on himself, and it's paid off. (laughs) He's going to get paid big time. And he was a starting left tackle for every game except one in his two seasons with the Chiefs, and he's earned Pro Bowl honors four straight years. Franchise left tackles almost never become available. Now, he could re-sign in Kansas City. He likes it there. They're going to keep working. Loves it. But he's going to open market. So, like, let's say you're a team like... I don't know. I'll just throw out a random team. The Chicago Bears. Who have Ryan Poles, who used to be in Kansas City, who have a lot of cap space and who need offensive line help, would potentially be able to make a lot of money from one of those teams, I would say. So that was what Ian Rappaport shared on the Pat McAfee show on Monday. So, yeah, Sarah, the betting and believing in himself is certainly paying off. I mean, he played this past season on the tag, like we mentioned, which came in around $16.6 million. And now Zeus could be in line and probably is in line for a big payday from a cap-flexible team as one of the top free agents available on the market. So people are accusing NFL owners of collusion after multiple reports were published that said several quarterback-needy teams won't pursue Lamar Jackson after the Ravens placed the non-exclusive franchise tag on him Tuesday. Those teams include the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, Las Vegas Raiders, Miami Dolphins, and Washington Commanders, Sarah. Yeah, Bobby, time will tell if all that reporting bears out in reality. And now at the time of this recording, there's already a conflicting report that the Raiders haven't ruled out pursuing Lamar. So this is going to be a roller coaster ride. That said, the collusion accusations, (laughs) they are out in full force. I'll just give a couple. Here's Robert Griffin III. Lamar Jackson is a unanimous MVP has led the NFL in passing touchdowns, is 26 years old, is 45 and 16 as a starter, and all the QB needy teams are saying they aren't interested? Don't smell right to me, close quote. And there's J.J. Watt. Why are all these teams so publicly out on Lamar Jackson, an MVP winner in his prime at the most important position in the entire NFL? What am I missing here? Close quote. And Bobby, perhaps the person with the most compelling argument came from analytics guru Warren Sharp. He says, quote, okay, let's see here. 
So Kyler Murray gets $230 million with $189 guaranteed after proving nothing and going 22-23-1 as a starter. And Aaron Rodgers gets $50 million with $150 million guaranteed at 38 years old. And Deshaun Watson gets $230 million guaranteed after over 20 lawsuits were filed against him for sexual misconduct, and he sat out a full season. And you're telling me there are half a dozen teams most of which have been terrible for years, posted terrible records last year, had a cycle through two to three quarterbacks because they have no elite options and have no franchise quarterback on the roster. And they can decide in less than an hour that they don't want a 26-year-old quarterback in his prime who won the MVP, whose team spent the number one least on offense of any team in the NFL the last four years, whose team gave the second cheapest wide receiver core to the to work with, whose RB rooms were decimated by injury two straight years, who had to do virtually everything for his team to help them win, who was 46 and 19 as a starter, but you have no interest in talking to him? You have no interest in negotiating directly with him? You have no interest in proposing a deal just to see what happens? Smells like some BS to me. Close quote. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, it wasn't a great look to see so many reports saying teams aren't interested in at least talking to Lamar. So it's certainly not out of left field for folks to speculate along these lines. Yeah, no doubt. Bobby, I can totally see why this doesn't smell right to players, to other media, uh, anybody that's kind of watching. And here's the thing, though. It's one thing to make the accusation and kind of put these tweets all together. But it's another thing to prove it with hard evidence. Listen, guaranteed contracts have been a long, drawn-out battle between owners and the NFLPA long before the tag was applied to Lamar Jackson. The NFLPA tried to make it the norm after Kirk Cousins got one, and now they're trying to do it again after Deshaun Watson. In fact, the Players Association officially filed a grievance back in October alleging the league and its teams are colluding to avoid offering fully guaranteed contracts to players. And the timing of that comes on the heels of both Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson, each not receiving fully guaranteed deals. Yeah, that's exactly right. And those deals are what the grievance partly referenced. And here's the thing, Bobby, nothing has come from that grievance to this point. So here are the Ravens and Lamar. They're now caught in the middle of this long, drawn-out battle between the NFL and the NFLPA. And, and I hope and trust Lamar knew about all this background before letting the NFLPA kind of help him and guide him in negotiations because, because I'd hate for him to be the bystander in this long, raging war between the two sides. I want him to get the best deal possible, and I hope that the NFLPA didn't overplay its hand with him. So what do you think? I mean, are owners colluding with each other to not negotiate with him or what? Yeah, listen, it's pretty clear owners don't want fully guaranteed deals to be the norm. I don't think they needed to discuss or plan or collude specifically with Lamar to reiterate that. They already mostly seem to be united on that. Now, did they collude to reach that conclusion in that unity Or did they get to that conclusion independently? Honestly, it would be tough to prove collusion without hard evidence because owners have plenty of ammunition to poke holes in that accusation. Okay, so let's play devil's advocate here with just a few things they could say. All right, some could say that while Lamar was an MVP in 2019, he has been injured for crucial games down the stretch 
the last two years. And that's why they didn't want to give up two first rounders and a big contract. Or they could say that Lamar's been one and three in the playoffs. Or they could say that no team has ever won a Super Bowl with a quarterback taking up more than 17.2% of the cap. And by the way, that's not even the norm. The norm is closer to 10 to 12% of the cap. Others could say that they just don't have enough cash to put in escrow which is required by a fully guaranteed deal. Other owners could say that the personnel on their roster doesn't fit with Lamar. Some could use CBS Sports' Josina Anderson's report that teams already use their channels to preliminarily inquire and confirm what Jackson's been offered to date from the Ravens, and maybe they just can't beat it. I mean, Bobby, I could go on and on. And that's why I say that while I understand the collusion accusations, proving it is a whole other thing. Now, meanwhile, it wouldn't have been hard for Eric DaCosta to know what the market would be for Lamar. He already said that the Ravens had several plans based on what goes down over these couple of weeks. And it wouldn't be surprising if he had preliminary trade talks with several teams to see what they would be willing to pay. So he surely knew the market better than us, Bobby, because we were on the team exclusive tag all the way. We thought there would be a massive market for him. You know, Sarah, it should also probably be said that at the time of this taping, we're not even 24 hours out from the tag itself. So these reports could be wrong. They could be skewed or they could be right. And other teams such as the New York Jets or the Houston Texans could even check in. Yeah, I mean, we really do need to let the process play out a little bit to see what happens. Uh, That would at least give a little bit more evidence of collusion if nobody does actually talk to him. But we have to see if they do. And listen, like I said, it's going to be a roller coaster ride. And if you don't have the stomach for it, you might just want to jump off and check back in at the draft. In the meantime, I really hope, I honestly hope Lamar and EDC can both keep their heads up and the dream scenario is still, I'm still dreaming for it, that the two sides can come back together again. Your lips to God's ears. Still to come here on The Vault, though. Reaction to all of this from around the league continues to pour in and I'll catch you up to speed on who's saying what. All right, Bobby, let's get into some more of this. What have some of the players around the NFL said outside of collusion? How have they responded to Lamar Jackson's franchise tag news so far? Yeah, Sarah, there's just a lot going on. You know, it was one of those days on Tuesday and maybe it ends up being one of those weeks. We said that last week, though, after all the Rashad Bateman stuff and the strength and conditioning criticism. So anyway, everyone has an opinion. But here's former Ravens safety Tony Jefferson's. He tweeted, quote, Lamar will be a Raven. They'll let the market dictate his contract. I also believe they'll match any offer he accepts. Two first-round picks is simply not enough to replace his rare talent and his value to the franchise. Ravens fans, it will work out, close quote. And, you know, Sarah, two first-round picks isn't enough to replace a player who, when the Ravens are without him, averaged just over 12 points per game as an offense, with Tyler Huntley under center. Yeah, compared to the 27-plus points they averaged with Lamar leading the way, it's night and day. All right, Bobby, tell us, who else chimed in? Well, New Orleans Saints safety Tyron Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger, reacted on Twitter with this, quote, When's the last time a league MVP was treated so disrespectfully? I feel some kind of way about it, and don't tell me what was offered to him Show me, close quote. And, you know, first off, Sarah, I know we both wish that the details of Baltimore's latest offer, as Josina reported on over the weekend, 
were readily available. But as of the time of this taping, nothing's been leaked just yet. Now, as for Tyron's thoughts, how is it that the Ravens are being disrespectful to Lamar? We've said this a thousand times. Steve Bashotti refuses to set a precedent as Cleveland did a year ago when it comes to guaranteed money. And according to Josina, this is what was on the table as far back as last fall. There was a report out there last year, I believe, that came from ESPN saying that the deal that the Ravens offered um, included $133 million uh, guaranteed. And the clarification on that figure, from my understanding, is that that was the amount, at least, that was offered guaranteed at signing. But the understanding as far as the total guarantees, as I was told by a source coming into Indianapolis, is that was closed closer to the figure of about 180 million. Yeah, Bobby, I hope Baltimore's latest offer because the one Josina just described was from last September. So I hope the latest offer which presumably is even higher, I hope that's revealed in the near future so we can compare and contrast those numbers clarified by Josina. I mean, just that older one, we're talking about the second or third richest contract in NFL history behind Deshaun Watson's. And that's obviously not including the one that I'm talking about, the most recent, when Eric DaCosta flew down to Florida last week to meet with Lamar. Here's another outrageous reaction from Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd, who tweeted this, quote, the Ravens are sabotaging eight, close quote. Really? (laughs) That they're sabotaging him? Like, listen to what former Ravens QB Robert Griffin III reported late Tuesday night. And let me know if you still feel that way, Tyler. Um, Here's RG3, quote, and this is according to a team source, quote, Ravens hope negotiating with other teams will give them and Lamar an unbiased look at the market for him. The Ravens aren't reluctant to give Lamar a top QB market deal, but they hope the non-exclusive franchise tag will speed up their own stalled negotiations with him, close quote. So, Sarah, as we discussed on Tuesday's instant reaction live stream, while, yes, it is risky for the team to have taken this non-exclusive route, being that it gives them less control with Lamar getting a chance to test the market, they're also hoping it becomes a catalyst in pushing an eventual long-term extension across the finish line. All right, Bobby. Collusion, collusion, collusion. That's what so many folks around the NFL are, in my view, understandably pointing at after a handful of teams almost immediately took themselves out of the running for Lamar Jackson less than an hour after the Ravens placed their non-exclusive franchise tag on him Tuesday. Yeah, Sarah, the virtually impossible to prove collusion is what everyone's talking about, including ESPN's Adam Schefter, who touched on the topic Wednesday. I just think this is just reporters asking high-placed executives on certain teams for their answers. It defies logic that a quarterback as talented as Lamar Jackson wouldn't generate more interest. I'll leave that to everybody else to figure out their own theories because it is a quarterback league and we've got an elite quarterback available on the market, but it doesn't seem right now like there are going to be many suitors for his services. Now, again, all it takes is just one. I think part of it is the fact that teams know that they feel like that they would just be drawing the offer sheet for the Baltimore Ravens. So if any one of these teams steps forward and says, let's give Lamar Jackson, you make it up, a four-year, $200 million contract, fully guaranteed. Well, Baltimore could have the chance to write it. And there have been many free agents in the past 
that have been given a tag like this or a restricted freezer where there's an offer sheet where other teams have balked at signing that player to an offer sheet because they don't want to do the work for another team. This is not a Lamar Jackson new phenomena. There have been many free agents that other teams have shied away from because they had to sign them to an offer sheet. Okay, Mm -hmm. that's a part of this, too. So Mm -hmm. we could come up with collusion. We come up with quarterbacks. Basically, the Ravens said, let them market. Show what you're worth. You say you're worth all this money, fully guaranteed. If somebody's willing to pay you, then you'll have that and we'll have the chance to match it. And if we don't want to match it, we can take two first-round draft picks. In my mind, this is a very simple solution to help try to solve a problem that two sides have gone back and forth with for two years without reaching any agreement. So, Sarah, obviously lots to unpack there, but make no mistake about this. A potential Lamar Jackson suitor may have reservations about committing to him out of concern that their efforts to draw up an offer sheet could ultimately solve the two parties' disagreements in Baltimore and in turn push an extension across the finish line when the Ravens are granted the ability to match it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, Bobby, and I know Adam Schefter isn't everybody's favorite guy around town, but the thing is, is you can't focus on the messenger only because there are more people than him saying and giving this message. And another guy to point to is former NFL player agent Joel Corey. He doubled down on the same sentiment in a recent tweet that read, quote, this is a very real thing. When I was an agent and had restricted free agents, I used to hear from teams that they didn't want to do someone else's deal for them. Close quote. Yeah, it honestly makes a lot of sense. You then add in the commitment you'd be making to significant guaranteed money on top of surrendering two first round draft picks and things begin to look a bit daunting. But then again, the things teams will do to fortify the quarterback position in this league, Sarah, We were reminded last year that some clubs are willing to go to great lengths. But if you're out there searching for optimism when it comes to Lamar's future in Baltimore, look no further than this fact provided by ESPN Stats and Info. In the 30 years of NFL free agency, Sean Gilbert is the only player to receive the non-exclusive franchise tag, sign an offer sheet with another team, and then end up with that new team. In 1998, Gilbert was franchise tagged by Washington, signed an offer sheet with the Panthers, and ended up with Carolina. 
Now, I recognize that Lamar Jackson is about as atypical as atypical gets, but that is something to keep in mind as the legal tampering period begins on Monday. And that's when Lamar can begin to negotiate with teams around the league. And still to come here on The Vault, we're going to go back and revisit the Ray Lewis free agency saga and see how it might relate to Lamar Jackson today. So, Sarah, I think we've both noticed how upset the Ravens fan base has been really over the last year or so. And now with the franchise tag, the doom and gloom seems to have reached a new level. Some feel like there's no overcoming this process, emotionally speaking, even if Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore. So can you provide them and us with any hope whatsoever that things could and will get better? Yeah, I mean, just to be clear, I can't provide any false hope that Lamar and the Ravens will ultimately agree to a long term deal. I would love for that to be the case, but I don't want to provide false hope. But what I can do is provide hope that if they do figure this out financially, the emotional part of this can absolutely be overcome. And I say that based on what I witnessed when Ray Lewis became a free agent back in 2009. All right. So let's go back to that time and set the stage, right? Like Ray was 33. So nearing the end of his career, not exactly in his prime like Lamar is right now. And the Ravens didn't use the franchise tag on him. Yeah. So to be clear, the circumstances are and were very different, but that's not really what I'm comparing. I'm more comparing how ugly things got at the time and then why the two sides could overcome it. Are we talking like uglier than this current situation with Lamar? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think so, at least in terms of how the two sides talked about each other in public. I think Jaws would absolutely drop (laughs) if we heard some of the things Ray Lewis and Steve Bashotti said back then. So it all kind of started at the team's end-of-season pressure. And back in those days, Bashotti would attend those and take questions. And then he was asked about Ray about to hit the market and asked him about what he thinks his value could be on the market. Here's Steve Bashotti. Some guys go out there on the market and then find out that their agent is maybe not able to get them the deal that he's saying that they're trying to get. So it's just up to Ozzy to decide what he's worth and then find out how big the gap is between he and the agent. And that usually dictates whether a guy slides into free agency or not. But, you know, Ray's not going to settle for something that he thinks is way below. Uh, are we going to get a hometown discount? I hope so. I really do. I mean, that means that we can get find one more Jimmy Leonard on the free agent market, you know. So, um, and that's when I refer to the Patriots. That's what they do. You know, Tom Brady agreed to a contract that only put him in the top eight quarterbacks or five quarterbacks when he did that deal a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I hope my relationship with Ray is. I hope I get a discount so I can find another Jim Leonard with the money we save. But uh, if he wants to go out there and maximize his money and somebody is desperate for that kind of leadership, then there may be a big gap. And, and I'm not going to say to Oz, go 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 do it under any circumstance. I, I wouldn't be fair to Ozzy. He's got a plan and it's all pieces of the puzzle and I could make one uh, you know one demand and it would domino across the entire um, roster and I just I can't do that to him. Sarah, could you imagine if Ravens brass said publicly that they wanted a hometown discount from Lamar? 
they'd get ripped to shreds from every single pundit and outlet out there. And Bobby, I covered that situation daily, just like we're covering this with Lamar daily. I did it for my column late for work back then. And I can assure you, Bashadi did get ripped up and down for it. And I'm pretty sure that's why he's never said it again since. And you better believe that that soundbite got back to Ray Lewis. And he was asked about giving a hometown discount to Baltimore while he was at the Pro Bowl in Hawaii by Jamie Dukes on the NFL Network. I don't know what all that means. I don't get it. What, what, that. what that means right. is that you'll be willing to take less I don't know what that to means. stay. I don't know what that means. I, I don't play less. Right. right. So if you don't play less, you don't take less. That's just life. You know what I'm saying? All right, Bobby. Well, if that wasn't awkward enough, basically telling the owner that he won't play less, so he won't receive pay less, then... How about openly talking about which teams he'd like to join if he doesn't resign with the Ravens? He talked about liking the idea of playing for the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. And mind you, he's saying this while repping Baltimore at the Pro Bowl. I see Dallas as great, great, just great opportunity. Great place, always been America's team, just a great place to just play football. Let's move on to the Big Apple. Rex Ryan, long, long, long overdue, getting yeah. finally getting his head coaching gig. I say, I say he will not be nearly as successful if Ray Lewis doesn't come along to get on the field and work with those young cats right now. I, you know, that's a that's a great opportunity. The reason being, you know, we've been together for years, man. You know, we won a Super Bowl together. You know, the mentality that we both have when we sit down and just understand each other, understand what's best for our defense and things, what's best for our team. You know, that relationship by itself, you know, is a match just because of that, because of the relationship of what me and Rex has always had. So that opportunity by itself looks attractive. It seems attractive. It just sounds right. It's like, wow, you know, if something does happen where you're not back in Baltimore, hmm, just when we back. Yeah, we're just living in a different time right now. Like That's wild. Whenever Lamar is asked, he's talked about how much he loves the Ravens. Now, then again, nobody's spoken to him since before he was injured. So he hasn't even been asked any questions related to free agency. But we both know he's always been resoundingly positive. And so have the Ravens when asked about potentially losing him. And Bobby, I don't have all the clips, but those interviews were just a few. It got more and more tense as free agency opened. And then once uh, Ray Lewis was out on the market talking to these other teams. And it, it was just crazy back then because it was the face of the franchise who had, who had once previously lifted a Lombardi trophy with the team. So, Sarah, how did things end up getting resolved? Uh, well, Ray went out to the market, and after talking with teams, he realized that the Ravens offered him the best deal. So he ended up signing a three-year contract worth about $25 million, and it allowed him to start and finish his career in Baltimore. We all know that. And it was almost like, Bobby, I'm telling you, it was like a snap of the finger that everything was fine again. At the signing press conference, Ray Lewis was smiling ear to ear, saying, quote, from beginning to end as a Raven. Wow. To be with the same team, with the same fans for an entire career, that doesn't happen in the NFL. I don't think an athlete can have a greater legacy than to be able to stay in one place for an entire career, close quote. And then obviously on the Ravens side, they're happy too. Ozzie Newsom said this, quote, we got better today. Our football team got better. I am very happy. This will allow Ray to finish his career as a Raven, close quote. 
It's so crazy to think that they went to the divisional round of the playoffs that next year, then to the AFC championship together and ultimately won a Super Bowl. I mean, I can still remember Ray and Steve embracing each other after lifting the trophy and that iconic photo that that interaction produced. Pretty wild turn of events. And it goes without saying, millions of dollars and winning really seem to have a way of mending relationships. Yeah. And Bobby, that's why I bring it all up. This is just all a reminder that Lamar and the Ravens are going through a negotiation process. This stuff happens. That's what this is. Now, again, I'm not guaranteeing that this will end in a marriage between Lamar and the Ravens. But what I am saying is that I know that this all feels dramatic now, but relationships don't have to be damaged. Neither Eric DaCosta nor Lamar Jackson strike me as emotional people. I think right now they're both playing the part of shrewd negotiator as they should. And if they do come to an agreement, I have no doubt that they can still move forward positively together. So I know we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves here, Sarah, because teams haven't even been able to reach out to Lamar Jackson yet. But the more that comes to light about the NFL market, the more it seems like he's got a pretty dang good chance of potentially returning to the Ravens next year. And Bobby, we've said this before, but all it takes is for one team to blow all of this up. But here's the thing. The NFL sent a memo to all 32 teams Thursday. And this memo reminded them of a rule that I know we didn't know. And judging by lots of Baltimore media's reactions on Twitter, it was a surprise to them, too. And when you add this little-known rule to a couple of other factors, then signs are definitely pointing to Lamar Jackson playing in purple and black in 2023. So let me break this down. I'll break it down into three major factors that are working against Lamar. Number one, other free agents will get a three-day head start over Lamar in free agency. Number two, a very, very select few teams have the cap space to offer a deal that Baltimore can't match and number three and of those select few who have that cap flexibility they are majorly disincentivized to even attempt to make an offer to Lamar all right so yeah this has the makings of something kind of compelling here but let's begin with why exactly Lamar will get a delayed start to the market compared to other free agents what do you got there okay this is where this previously mysterious rule comes into play Monday marks the first day of legal tampering. Okay, that means that while no deals can officially be signed before the new league year at 4 p.m. on Wednesday, negotiating with pending free agents can begin Monday at 12 a.m. So that's almost three days. But the NFL reminded teams that that rule only applies to unrestricted free agents. Nobody can reach out to tagged players like Lamar until Wednesday afternoon which really hurts any potential suitors for Lamar. I mean, they'd have to refrain from spending any cap dollars when the market's the hottest. That's quite the risk if they pass on any other free agents just for a chance to talk to Lamar with no assurance that they can pry him away. Meanwhile, once Lamar becomes available, Sarah, lots of teams may have already spent precious cap space. So it is a predicament. Yeah, exactly. So meanwhile, Bobby, this takes us to the second factor that is working against Lamar, and that's that there's really only a handful of teams that could even afford making him an offer sheet, and that's if they decide to take the risk of waiting. So why is it that only a handful of teams can afford it? I mean, it's not every day that a top 10 former MVP quarterback hits the market in his prime, right? I mean, you would think 
This is the type of guy you have to make room for. Yeah, no doubt. But because we all know, we've been saying this for quite some time on on this show, we know Lamar is worth more than two first-round picks, and that's all the Ravens would get if another team lured him away. So because of that, it is widely assumed that Baltimore really is prepared to match almost any offer that he may get. And as we discussed on yesterday's show, nobody wants to do the Ravens' work for them. Nobody wants to be viewed as the team that helped Baltimore and Lamar solve their two-year standoff. So if they're going to send Lamar an offer sheet, teams have to be absolutely certain that the Ravens can't match it. And the way to do that is to majorly front-load a deal. So Jason Fitzgerald, who is the founder of Over the Cap and does nothing but study team salary cap situations, he says an offer would need to be front-loaded that would have a cap charge that, get this, exceeds 80 to 90 million in the first year alone. That's just flat out crazy money. 90 million would be 40% of the cap. And that's just straight up unheard of. I mean, Patrick Mahomes just set a new record for a team that won a Super Bowl with one player taken up just over 17%. Prior to him, the highest was 12.4% with Tom Brady. So, I mean, astronomical. Yeah, and that's why very few teams have the 2023 cap space to even try to attempt something like that. So according to Fitzgerald, after looking around the league, only the Atlanta Falcons, Houston Texans, Chicago Bears, Indianapolis Colts, and the Las Vegas Raiders could even potentially pull it off with the cap space that they have. But obviously, the Bears aren't in the market for a quarterback, and the Falcons are reportedly not going to pursue Lamar, though. I'll believe that when I see it. So all of a sudden, that really narrows down Lamar's potential market, but there's still a third and final factor we haven't gotten to yet, Sarah. So what else is going against him? Okay, so the last thing is that of these few teams that we just named that could even have the cap flexibility, these remaining teams are majorly disincentivized to even take a shot at Lamar. Oh, I already said they have to wait three days to talk to him, right? But then once they do talk to him, it takes time to negotiate. And then once they actually make an offer, the Ravens have five days to decide whether they will match it. So let's be gracious here. And let's say that Lamar and this interested team are able to strike a deal within a single day. That means at bare minimum, that interested team must wait eight days starting from the legal tampering period until they find out if the Ravens will match. Bobby, that's quite the gamble with 80 to 90 million cap dollars just sitting there and waiting while other teams just go and start plucking off all the best free agents out there and none of these teams will be able to spend money because they're waiting for to see if the Ravens will match. Well, now we know why Tony Jefferson was so confident when he immediately tweeted after the tag, right? One that read, quote, Lamar will be a Raven. They'll let the market dictate his contract. I also believe they'll match any offer he accepts. Two first round picks are simply not enough to replace his rare talent and his value to the franchise, close quote. TJ was all over this from the jump. He sure was, and he does seem to be right, but I'll just repeat it again, Bobby. It only takes one team to blow everyone up, somebody who might be sly, who knows what's coming. So now that we've put this prediction out there, we're sh- we'll surely be wrong. But even if it doesn't say like we are right, all of this wouldn't matter if Lamar chooses to hold out anyway. But hey, that's a discussion for another day. Still to come here on The Vault, though, after six seasons with the Ravens, former sixth-round draft pick Chuck Clark 
is on his way out of Baltimore. All right, Bobby, Raven safety Chuck Clark. Search to say it. He is now a New York Jet. He's going his way there after six seasons in Baltimore. What was your reaction to the move? Yeah, I mean, Sarah, for starters, I obviously wasn't surprised. I don't think you were either, given what we've covered in recent weeks. And also, given Baltimore's cap space limitations with Lamar Jackson now on the franchise tag, combined with how deep the Ravens are at safety. I mean, all of this, given that, right, knowing that, it was almost a foregone conclusion. You then add in the fact that Chuck himself asked for a trade last offseason after the Ravens made a free agency splash on Marcus Williams and then used their 14th overall selection on Kyle Hamilton. It was inevitable. It was inevitable. I knew it was coming, but I still admire the way Chuck handled himself and his business after he requested a trade and it wasn't either granted or just fell through, didn't happen. So not only did he hold his head high with the media, Bobby, he didn't miss a single defensive snap all season long. Here he was addressing things at the start of training camp just last summer. I just felt the situation that I was in, um, how things were going. You know, of course, yeah, I did ask, can I get it out of here? And so I felt like that didn't happen. And um, I wasn't just going to give away my spot, you know, given with other people that are around me, I'm not going to give away my spot. I'm going if it's going if I'm going to not be a starter, it's going to have to get taken from me, you know, at the end of the day. So that's just how I felt. And at the end of the day, I'm going to work and I'm going to show up and do what I got to do. Yeah. And Sarah, Chuck stood by his word and basically demanded that Baltimore's coaching staff embrace a three safety philosophy alongside Hamilton and Williams. And that was solely based on his solid play and defensive leadership. It's admirable indeed. I'm with you there. All right. Well, we're going to have to all suck it up and accept it. So let's move forward. How does this move affect the cap? And what did the Ravens receive in return? So they saved just over $4 million, $4.14 million to be exact in cap space. And according to salary cap analyst Brian McFarland, who we've had on the show before, had he been released, the savings would have been about 600000 less or so since some of his base salary was guaranteed. And just for some perspective, as the new league year approaches next week, Baltimore entered the day, entered Thursday, needing to create about $9 million in cap space to be cap compliant by March 15th at 4 p.m. So to answer your second question, the Ravens got a 2024 seventh round pick in return, which... I know there's been some reaction about. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of messages from Ravens fans complaining about that return not being enough. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, I mean, look, he's certainly been worth a lot more than that to the Ravens, right? Over his six seasons, he played 96 games, started in 63 of those games. And honestly, he transformed himself from a core special teamer into a reliable, durable, and hard-hitting defensive signal caller. Now, that said... After Eric DaCosta and the front office attempted to trade him last year, the market wasn't offering much, so they opted for the trade to open up some cap space. I know not a ton in the grand scheme of things, especially when your quarterback is taking up north of $32 million on the non-exclusive tag, but they did add to their 2024 draft board too. And Sarah, before we jump to topic three, I just wanted to finish with this. You know, During my first couple of months working for the Ravens radio stations right here in Baltimore back in 2019, I volunteered at Hartford Heights Elementary and was paired with Chuck for the day. And I honestly just wish him nothing but the best. He's a mild-mannered, family-oriented kind of guy who uh, he's really had to work 
for everything he's earned in the NFL. And don't forget this, too. Chuck was Baltimore's nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award this past season. So, you know, charity and giving back and and philanthropy means a lot to him. And I know he's going to bring all that more to the Meadowlands. 